0: Drink the drink. But I don't
1: want the drink. He doesn't want the drink. He does. I don't. You do. I don't. You do. I don't. You do. I don't. You don't. I do. You don't. I do. You don't. I do. I do. You don't. Listen, when I say I do, that means I do. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
2: To the Cinnamon Eye Podcast. It's a show about movies and film and such. And we have a live version where you can join us in real time. If you want to throw in something in our live chat, you're welcome to do that. We also have the podcast version. And it's in perpetuity on YouTube. Anytime you want to see our ugly mugs, you're more than welcome to see us in all of our uh, very typical looking glory. So I'm Michael Govier. He's Travis Roy, Eric Branstrom. We're live and uncensored here. We're going to do. Who Framed Roger Rabbit? That's going to be the main focus of our Does It Hold Up segment today. But first, of course, we always like to say hello, check in, make sure everybody's okay. Because we don't move forward unless everybody approves of their mental status at the time of filming. Travis Roy, do you consent? Oh, I'm not hearing you, Travis.
0: Oh. Uh Uh-oh, spaghetti
2: You're not muted either. That's odd. A rare audio issue from Travis. A sh- <laughs> oh, Yeah, well, let's go to uh, Eric, and we'll come back to Travis. Eric, how you doing? What's
1: going on? Travis will figure it, it out. F- fucking fantastic, man. I-, I picked up some of this Freedom Lemonade. It's like uh, a Session Sour mixed with lemon. It basically tastes like bad beer that like somebody just walks up to your glass and like pours lemonade into. it's not bad and it's really getting me through these last few days at school it was a tough day for me man very very emotional day because everything that's going on in the world down in texas so my heart is with them um but yeah uh, i'm just looking forward to laughing tonight and having a little fun and keeping the good grace of those
2: people in my memory tonight
0: Mm. can you
3: hear me now
2: you sure can you sound just like your old self all right, I nice.
3: was uh, when I was trying to enter the stream. Travis, you and I were both back. back. You and I were both clicking the button at the same time, and something happened. I am here. I'm here, and I'm mostly mentally stable.
2: I forgot I even said that. Yeah, that was dumb. <laughs> check in. Good, good. Okay, glad to hear that, Travis. Yeah, you're a you know. fine human being, and we're glad that you're aboard with us. And yeah, you know, Eric was just saying it's a uh, he's had a tough week here. It's been a tough week in the country for guys like him, teachers. You're a teacher too, man. It's mean, crazy shit out there, dude.
3: I'm teaching the Iraq War today, and so basically all day, all I did was talk about uh, what happened in Uvalde, Texas, and then the Iraq War. It's been fucking. It's been quite a day.
2: Yeah, oh, man. Yeah, Fuck, you need fun. to lap. We're. Uh, oh, we're absolutely. <laughs>
3: yeah.
2: Well, that's what we're here for. We try to do that. I mean, we live in this world, oh, please. We- <laughs> please, <laughs> Eddie. Ooh. Right? Come on. I love.
0: I oh, <laughs> <So> Weird. <laughs>
2: Insane. <laughs> yeah, we'll get to Roger Rabbit. Of course, Same make it. sure to subscribe and follow. Give us a five star yeah. rating. Uh, you know, if you're feeling like, man, it's been a tough week. I want to do something nice for somebody. How about a five star rating review for the show on Apple Podcasts? <laughs> that would be nice. I mean, a yeah. uh, five star too on Spotify. All you gotta do is click the five stars. You don't even have to do anything else beyond that. On Spotify. It's very, very simple. Uh, I was thinking last night, I saw a commercial for Jurassic... Dominion, what the fuck it's called now? Jurassic World Dominion? I don't even know what, what what's the title, but the it's no. coming out in a couple of weeks. Two Jurassic, less... two Park. I forget which what... <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Could you be less excited for a Jurassic Park movie ever? No, not possible. I mean, they do have the returning cast
3: members of Goldblum and Neil and... Blanking on her name all Dern. of a sudden. Thank you. Um, Laura Dern. But Laura Dern! Has there been a good Jurassic movie other than the first one?
2: I, would I, don't argue, think there, I don't think there has been. I agree. I would I would concur with that completely. That's the problem here. I They've lost me. I'm so far removed from having any interest. Dinosaurs are cool. We all agree. They're fun, but mm-hmm. it's not enough. At 41 years old, I need a little bit more, I guess, than just dinosaurs. I'm sorry.
3: And you know what, I was reading something, I forget who, I think it was Sam Neill was talking, was being interviewed, and he was talking about how they wouldn't be able to make a movie like the 93 Jurassic Park mm-hmm. now because of the pacing, and it was so right. slow, and like, or by today's standards. I'm like, you know what, maybe that's the fucking problem. Uh, <laughs> yeah, maybe that too, it's yeah, absolutely take, on the nose. Right? Maybe yeah. taking some time and actually making us give a shit about these human beings mm-hmm. that were, you know, because... Otherwise, it just turns into the Godzilla movies, which I like yeah. them as entertainment. But like you're like, fast forward to these fucking humans. I don't care about this shit. It's
1: like, yeah, um, <laughs> I, 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 I've, I've likened it many times before to something that's on a big jumbo screen while you're like waiting in line to go on a roller coaster. <laughs> you don't have to be invested. It does not matter. It's just shit happening on a big screen.
2: It's on the gas station pump. You're sitting there in front of that <laughs> television screen. Oh, that gas yeah, station television
1: okay. presents Jurassic World Dominion.
2: <laughs> BP presents. <laughs> yeah, speaking <Wow>. of disasters. <laughs> yeah,
0: right?
2: <laughs> yeah, it's just, it, I have no interest in it, and it makes me a little bit, a little wistful, but not really because they've already lost me in so many movies prior to this. At this point, it's just another day in my life, and... I'm just not that jazzed about it. Uh, I'm by Philip 76. (laughs) (laughs) I was curious. Is there a summer film that either of you are excited about that you might be hitting the theater for? Uh, Love and Thunder, Thor
3: Thor 4. That's the only one I'm excited for, probably. When's that coming out? July. Oh, okay. Yeah, definitely stoked for that. Ah, Not aware of anything else coming down that I'm remotely interested in. I guess maybe the Elvis movie. I'm kind of interested in that.
2: Oh, God.
3: I hate boz lerman with a white hot patch <laughs>
2: love Bob why
3: do i hate lerman. him or Can't
0: why is he- wait for Elvis.
2: no i agree with you I watched they had like a three minute trailer last night when I was on YouTube oh boy. two minute it was like the mega mega next release trailer and I'm like I don't it his his lighting and it's also flashy and glitzy always everyone's sweating in a way or something I don't know it's just like a three-minute trailer? Thing.
3: Who wants a three-minute trailer? That basically is like 3% of the movie. I don't want to watch <laughs> three like 3% minutes. of the movie and, and, and like some divided up.
2: Anyways. Um, I completely agree. And he's yeah. Tom Hanks is the colonel. He's doing like this. I don't. Nice. I never met the colonel. I've never actually heard audio of the colonel. You might know more <laughs> than I do, Eric. But he's doing this accent of the colonel that makes him sound like he's from Eastern yeah, Europe or something. Like Benjamin Button
1: accent. This is so stupid. I thought was uh, the colonel I'll was be at Southern. the cinema this Saturday for <laughs> Top Gun 2. I, I, I can't wait.
2: Oh, yeah. Right, Top Gun Two,
1: Top Gun Maverick,
3: the Academy nominated Best Picture nominated, li- life changing event apparently, <laughs> we just, we life affirming. Yeah. Top, Gun oh, yeah. Top Gun Two, yeah, Top Gun Two. I got okay. I got the poster tattooed on my face. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, I, you know what? I'm I'm mildly entertained and curious about that. I will say I'm actually more interested in seeing Top Gun Two than I am the new Jurassic Park. I think I can say that. Oh, oh totally. Yeah,
3: same. Yeah. And I yeah, I don't care for the original, but we we talked about that last week.
1: That's uh, true. No repeats. Top, Top Gun, anyway.
2: Yeah.
3: Don't no, no watch Top Gun
1: at
2: a gas station. You got to be well, focused. <laughs> this is where I miss Chud because he always signs in. Hey, have you seen Top Gun? That's like his thing he always says. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. Chud Bud, hey, have you seen Top Gun? Uh, have you emailed us lately? Did you know you can email the show? It's called Cinema Nine at Proton Mail. Well, Cinema, Cinema Nine Pod. Pod yes. Sorry, <laughs> Cinema Nine Pod at ProtonMail.com. And also, uh. We are on the brink of starting our Patreon and releasing our Patreon. There's a couple fine little one more couple little you know, things I want to take a look at before we officially release it, but we just recorded our first 10-minute conversation, which Travis came up with. It's a fun idea, and he just hit us with a random topic, and it's going to be exclusively to all people who are interested in being a patron for the Cinnamon 9 podcast, and we hope to have that... I would like to say, hopefully, that thing will be live by Thursday. It's Wednesday night, too. We've also moved our time slot. This is the first time we've ever done a Wednesday show. So, yay! This is our new time slot now. Wednesday evenings around 7, 7.15. We'll be doing the same thing we always do. It's just Wednesday instead of Thursday. But hopefully the Patreon will be fun. Uh, we, we want to do fun things with it, don't we? We're real excited about it. It gives us an opportunity to just kind of randomly throw out
3: some things, create some new minor segments, uh, do things solo or in pairs. Uh, Yeah, I'm real excited about it. Aren't you, Eric? Aren't you also excited about this?
1: Can't wait. It's going to give you a chance to uh, hear a little bit more from us. Aside from, you know, film. So we're going to be talking, you know, just about our general lives. So if you're interested in us and some of our other activities that we're into extracurricularly. It's just a fun way to, you know, get to know us and have a little back and forth with us too, because we're going to be doing discords and and um, Q and A's and just fun stuff like that. If you just like hanging out and you're into movies and just
3: you know cool stuff like that, something you different. May, you may even get a chance if you want to pay for it you might even get a chance to co-host the show and be a yeah, guest That'd be awesome
2: yeah that's the next level it's a very special level so anything sure. and everything could happen who knows what'll happen next on the cinema I podcast uh no emails today so let's move into quarantine viewing picks travis you have control of the board
3: all right i watched some movies i i finally relented i guess because we did get sorty sometime last year i'm like i guess i should probably watch be cool and man what a pile of shit um. Really, I. It was just a naked oh. cash grab. Uh, uh <laughs> these two old fogies dancing the black eyed peas. I don't know, man. I was I wasn't into it. There's really. no like,
2: oh. well, like it doesn't like interest you with a plot or anything. Like it's, it's characters, it's an utter, utter rehash. I mean, most
3: of the characters oh. don't don't come back. And it's a lot of this uh, classic, like, hey, this you liked this joke in the first movie. I'm going to use it again. I'm going to do that. I'm going to use the same line remember? four times. Yeah, remember? So yeah. I was not crazy about Be Cool. <laughs> um, Eric, you watched Old Shyamalan's Old, right? Hell yeah, man. What, what'd you think of that? I forget. Did you like it? I gave it, it the past, dude. It's just something different. It's fun yeah it was fine it was fine it was you know I'm glad I didn't see it in theaters I think I would have been yeah. irked if I saw it in theaters yeah. I thought the ending was blah. but you know it it makes me think cool. of kids in the hall had this sketch called premise beach and so I just like where like it'd be like a you know they were on a beach and then there'd be like a different premise so this is like premise beach mm. the movie um yeah. <laughs> uh, speaking of horror from 2021 I also checked out the new Candyman. ah I wanted to like it more than I did, although I did like it. Uh, I thought that it has some great social commentary in there. And I also thought, I'm like, okay, Uh, in a few places. I don't know why they kind of build it as a reboot because it's clearly a direct sequel. And I think that people will be more interested in a direct sequel to that movie, which it is. And well acted. And I really thought the direction was fantastic. But overall, definitely worth checking out. Not my favorite, but worth, (laughs) worth seeing. Please. Um, I watched, uh, I made. I made a claim last week on the show that I enjoyed 2001's The Animal. So, uh,
2: I went and Return. watched The Animal.
3: <laughs> oh my God. I revisited The Animal. So did
1: I. Did you really?
2: <laughs> yeah. You, know, when you when I heard that, I was, got so excited because I actually saw The Animal in theaters in 2001. I actually saw it in Jesus. the theater and I enjoyed it. So yeah, I saw it was watch- available on uh, where HBO Max is that where we were watching? I think so, yeah. Yeah, I was like, oh cool! I haven't seen this in a long time. It was great. I enjoyed. It. I still. It's dumb. It's stupid. Hey, what's up, my butt? That makes me laugh. Okay, like, <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm silly. What can I say?
3: I came in real hot last episode with a lot of opinions about a movie that a lot of people like, <laughs> and then I'm like, oh, <laughs> the animal. Uh, <laughs> I did, but I did fucking laugh. More Damn. than once when I watched The Animal, Um, there is some it problematic stuff in there. I mean, one of the main plot points is that the the sole black character's problem is that life is too easy for him because he's a black man. Yeah, that Bizarre. holds up real great.
2: Uh, it's what really... What were they... I don't know what they were thinking with this. Like, in a way, they're trying to be like, oh, white people are that terrible. Let's give a black man a free pass for everything. I, I really didn't understand. It just looks stupid. It, that part of the movie is dumb. It, it's too bad because that guy... Uh, I don't know his name, but he's he's good. He's funny. He was he was the guy in American History X who's uh, doing time with uh, Edward Norton's character. And oh, he's funny. Fun? Yeah, yeah, that's him. He's a funny guy. I don't know his name off the top of my head, yeah, but it seems like they could have done some more funny stuff with him.
3: Yeah. I checked out Chippendale Rescue Rangers, oh, which okay. seems appropriate being that we're doing the you know Roger Rabbit. Did either one of you guys mm-hmm. watch it? I wanted to. I was so, I, so surprised it was on Disney Plus
1: because I was seriously thinking about going to It'd theaters a
3: nice trip to the theater because i, so I kind of was too then i was but like I, oh I'll, I'll just watch it, watch it for free Fuck it. yeah <laughs> <laughs> well for whatever we pay a month but yeah you know i enjoyed it i enjoyed it i i you know i got on on twitter the outrage machine and so many people were like it's
0: not as good as roger rabbit
3: like what do yeah. you want what do you want to be roger rabbit go watch roger rabbit as far as being a, a fun adventure and a nostalgic Deep dive with a ton. I mean, like Roger Rabbit, you have all kinds of different intellectual property coming in here and showing up. It's a it's a celebration of animated film and and oh. animated TV shows from that era and stuff. It's very much geared towards people our age, not so much mm-hmm. children. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know, it's not perfect. I kind of got bored, but it's worth it's worth checking out.
2: Is there something wrong with the the ending or something? Somebody was. I heard a complaint on a podcast that there were some issues with this movie, <laughs> like it's
3: I kind of started to tune out towards the end because it kind of yeah. just got kind of boring. Um, <laughs> okay. mm, it's an hour and a half, in. and I probably would, you know the first hour is good. Then I'm like, oh, all right, <laughs> you know, <I'm> like, okay, <laughs> oh, I think I'm gonna go make man. dinner or something. But I'm I mean, it's, hungry. But yeah, it, there, it's, <laughs> hungry. it's definitely worth checking out. It really
2: is. It's, it's I got to see it. I got to see it. It was fun.
3: And last but not least, uh, since we're—I already brought up kids in the hall. This has been kids in the hall extravaganda land. This is the the time for kids in the hall fans to rejoice because. Uh, I don't know if "Death Comes to Town" was already on Amazon, the, the the eight episode miniseries that they did in 2011. But I had never seen it before because I hadn't seen it available anywhere. So I, I blew through that. I blew through the series, which um, I actually didn't blow through the series. I kind of tried to, the new the new reboot or the sixth season. Really, it's a sixth season, which is yeah. it's fucking great. And like like all kids in the hall stuff, it is. You know, there's some just hilarious moments, and some where you're kind of like, huh. All right. Um, Which has always been the case. And the best thing was the documentary. It's a two part documentary, 45 minutes apiece. So I don't know why they did that, but it's really one movie called Comedy Punks, which is this exploration of their history that is so rich. If you are a kids in the hall fan, this is, it dives in deep into how they met each other, how they, why, you know, why the show ended, how they broke up, just how fucking nasty things got while making brain candy. I had no idea. It was Ooh. really ugly. And now they're like, I mean, it's, it's, it's fucking great. If you are a kids in the hall fan, please check out comedy punks. Uh, It is a, a, a real revealing look at how they work and who they are and it's i just i could go on forever i love kids in the hall i love comedy punks i love the new season i just i'm very happy right now
2: yeah what am i doing in my life is this all on amazon is that where i find all yes. this
3: yeah it's all yeah, on okay. amazon prime
2: yeah that's my problem i gotta okay i'll figure it out i'll, I'll get better don't give up on me dad <laughs> all right uh eric Branchum, what's cooking in your world
1: yeah i watched rampage with the rock uh it was like on TV when I turned it on, and like I couldn't find the. This is one of those where I can't find the remote. Happens a lot. Yeah, do I do I sit there and watch it, or do I try to find it and then turn it? Started getting into it. Uh, kind of dug it. I so, like. Yeah, it. I got no cons with Rampage. I dug it.
3: I'll, I'll watch a Rampage too.
2: I'll play the video game. That sounds like fun to me. I'd rather <laughs> yeah. play the video
0: game, but that's fine.
1: All your friends from the game are there, and it it's fun. Um, I Tanya. Uh, I saw Itanya in theaters. Oh. I actually saw was like on New Year's Eve one night. I was like what the fuck's going on? Nothing. I'll go watch I Tanya. Um <laughs> Happy New Year. I, <laughs> I remember kind of like thinking it was pretty good in theaters. Dude, man, I'm sorry. Like that like with for all like for all that it has in terms of like positive feminism, blah blah blah, like it it, it also has a lot of like really gross child abuse that's supposed to be funny in it for, like, a majority of the film, it's problematic. Um, Also problematic is the fact that, like, for most of the film, everyone's like, oh, Tanya Harding, she's trash. Like, look at her. She belongs in the gutter. She's, like, one of the most beautiful women I've ever seen uh, uh, as played by Margot Robbie. So the whole time I'm like, "What, what are they talking about? Even, like, when she, like, tries to, like, wear sweatpants, she still is, like... A princess i don't know i think they hit Weird. the mark with this one i'd like to yeah, see fair. like a do du- you know sometimes i'll we'll do dueling biopics like i really <laughs> like the story of tanya Harding, but this one was just i didn't like the way um this guy stephen rogers scripted it and i love stephen rogers hope floats
2: but uh yeah yeah <laughs> the script was a problem what hope love hope floats Oh, baby, I got to expand my mind, open my eyes. You're right. I'll, I'll do better. Don't give up on me, Dad.
1: <laughs> I won't. I won't. Yeah, Turner and Hooch, it's been a few years. Turner and Hooch, absolute classic, so good. But I'm sitting there watching, I'm cringing. I'm like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> for like a third of the film, Hanks is wearing like these tiny, like, satin <laughs> women's panties for like <laughs> 45 minutes. Can we get like Lucasfilm to like digitally add pajama pants to some of these scenes because I, it's it was out of control like butt cheeks hanging out while I'm supposed to be laughing, really? um, down yeah. the bed and, like he's just like it's, it's yeah it's like it's cringe, <laughs> uh, you know but a classic. Um, what else we got, we got here? Jackass Forever? Yeah, I, I watched Jackass Forever. Yeah, I just like Jackass. What? I'm not gonna sit here and be a snob about it. I watched it. Just laughing out loud had a great time it's fun yeah um and <laughs> dark side of the ring is back and last oh, is summer it? i spent the entire summer doing nothing but watching dark side of the ring and uh wwf biographies uh, i'm back we got a new season season three bill Pol- uh, we're talking brian pillman we're talking luna vachon the steroid trials I'm all about it. I cannot wait. I don't know any of that. Is that is yeah, that like
2: newer stuff? Because that
1: no, it's like late nine, late late '90s stuff. Like oh yeah, fantastic. that to me that's
2: newer. Like I, I checked uh, out around '93, I think '94, yeah. latest. Uh, so well, still pretty interesting for the uh, for what it is. Yeah, yeah. Hey, it's about it. So solid week. Good times, noodle salad. Uh, you all know the right. movie maniacs guy jumped in here. It was a great comment. This might be out of context, but I've been watching a lot of A24 horror films. Have you guys watched any? Mm-hmm. Recently, if so, any favorites? Uh these guys are always Travis is always uh pumping up a 24 Well, no wait. No, you got We all like A24. Yeah, let's say we
3: think all think we like all A24. Like
2: yeah. Huh. I was thinking of Neon for a second. Sorry. That's your thing.
3: Yeah, I, I support Neon.
2: I do. Um, uh no horror for me, movie Maniacs. That's just not what I do. Sorry. So
3: uh, you know, when I watched St. Maude, I think I gave it kind of a ho-hum review on this show, but I, I, I it has stuck with me, and I've thought about it a lot since, and I, would like to revisit it. I think St. Maude was pretty good. What else did they do? Uh, they did Lighthouse, right? That's fantastic. Um, which hmm. I don't know if I quali- if it qualifies as horror, but some people do. <clears throat> uh, then they what else did they do? Ari Aster stuff, both of them. Yeah, right? it
1: was movie, Maniac, talking specifically 24 horror because. I mean, they've given us Lady Bird and Moonlight, and yeah, these talking horrors uh, very specifically. It yeah, seems it horror. So, yeah, it's horror. I love uh, it I mean, comes at night. I think that's one of the more underrated horror films of the 2010s.
3: Okay, I imagine men—is men Is men a is 24 the new Alex yeah. Garland? I believe it yeah. is. I'd
2: Absolutely,
3: like I'm psyched for that.
2: Yeah, I think um, I would even want to see that. Well, I like Garland regardless, so I'm in. Yeah. I want to see X. I
1: might pull the trigger on a. Twenty dollar rental, Ty West has, has <laughs> hasn't made a movie in about
3: six years. Yeah, I've been itching to see that too.
2: <laughs> your classic twenty dollar rentals are so funny.
3: <laughs>
1: I'll I'm not, never dude. paying I'm
2: never do? paying twenty dollars for anything. I'm just spend not doing money. that. So.
1: Like all I care about yeah. is movies and like Oh, no, it's that's good. It. So I, I don't spend you money.
2: Live your best life, Eric. I want you to be happy. We all do, but I I'm spend saying, money. Yeah, it, a lot of it goes in a gas tank these days. So. <laughs> yeah, <wow>. So <laughs> oh, oh,
0: oh, Jurassic man. World callback. Whatever me,
2: Eddie! When I stole all your money
0: through gas? <laughs> I don't <laughs> know did what did I just him, did there. i did him
3: getting run over by the uh, steam the, the steamroller? Woo! Woo! Right?
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> wow. We're getting ahead That's of ourselves. Like. Okay. Uh <laughs> so let's see. I uh watched sure. This was always a personal favorite of mine. Hmm. The 2001s. It's, it's not one of his popular movies, but I've always loved it. 2001's Evolution. David Duchovny and... Uh, Julianne Moore, and Orlando it's a fun Jones, movie. Right? Orlando Jones, yeah, Make 7 Up Yours. Remember that? Yeah. man? Remember that shirt <laughs> I had? Oh, my God, I had that shirt. I wore it every day, Make every 7 Up day. Yours. I forgot that was him. Yep, wow, day. that was him, yeah. Then he was, he was also the magazine guy who shows up in office space for a minute before. Right. Mm-hmm. This was like a bigger role for him, and then he was on Mad TV. Yeah. Um, it's a fun movie, man. Dan Aykroyd shows up as the mayor of Arizona, but he sounds so Canadian. Just makes me laugh because <laughs> of the way he's talking. <laughs> like, wow, you don't sound like you're from Arizona. Uh, it's a funny movie. It's They really tried to do something unique here. With, like, The special effects are not terrible. That Some of them aren't great, but other are really good because there's all kinds of creatures in this movie because hmm. it's about this rock that evolves very, very quickly. What if evolution happened in a week? It's pretty cool. I enjoy it. It's, even Who Sarah Silverman shows up. Was it Ivan Reitman? Who was it? Yeah, it's yeah. Ivan Reitman. Ivan Reitman. That's right. So Not one of his more popular films, but I've always... I had it on... In fact, I had it on VHS when we lived at the dump, and that's when I first got it. And I always <laughs> just kept that copy with me for years and watched it again and again. So I, I would recommend it. If you never saw Evolution, give it a shot. It's on HBO Max. So uh, give, it a, give it a ride. Uh, I also watched Blades of Glory, which was... Uh, yeah. Yeah. The ice skating comedy with Will mm-hmm. Farrell and John
1: Heyer? Header
2: Header? Header? Hey there. Hey there. Hey there. <laughs> Skowski, how you do that? Uh, <laughs> Played the Yeah, glory. that I mean, it's got Will Arnett and Amy Poehler, and you're like, wow, this cast has got something. Craig T. Nelson and mm-hmm. Romani Malco, but it's still just like, it's just. Yeah, I think we had. You know, we just did 10-minute conversation that Travis created for a Patreon, and the topic is a secret. you got to find out. You want to find yeah. out? you got to get in there. But I think an interesting topic would be about Will Ferrell and how much crap he's actually done. Yeah. If
1: you've- you... You want to talk what the fuck, Joe
3: Blue, all uh, your <laughs> just, just standbys. I'd be interested. He just released a miniseries.
2: <laughs> Where the fuck is he? He's right here. Well,
0: here he uh,
2: oh, yeah. He's still around. Well... He's just done a lot of movies that are terrible, and it's like the shame. It really is like the same shtick again and again, with these, especially with these sports movies. It's all no, the no. same. The NASCAR movie, the ice skating yeah. movie, the basketball movie. It's like, good God, man. Yeah, he did have like, a minute. But he's also done a lot of great work, too. I'm not dismissing him entirely. It's just this genre gets kind of tired, but it seems like easy, easy cash grabs, kind of like in a way of uh, Adam Sandler makes the same movies, and people just... They're, they're formulaic, but that's what they want. They want to see Will Ferrell act like an a abstract weirdo in like a, a sports scenario where it wouldn't normally happen. <laughs> uh, Product. All right. you know, right. Uh, Blades of Glory wasn't great. Um, I also watched Mike Judge's lesser-known Extract, which came out in 2009 hmm. with Jason hmm. Bateman and Ben hmm. Affleck co-stars. As, um, I forgot that. It's got JK, J.K. Simmons is in it. It's they got... Mila Kunis, Kristen Wiig, uh, David Kackner a lot of fun, a lot of good actors wow, that wow. I enjoy who make me laugh. Jesus, and yet, and yet, and T.J. Miller, yeah, and yet, and yet, it doesn't, it doesn't quite land. I will say I liked it a little bit more in my current lifestyle. I guess whatever, yeah. whatever way I'm viewing the world right now, I, I like to extract more than I ever did before. But I'm not sure I could say it's a solid film. But it has its moments, has its moments, and uh, yeah, a bunch of Joe Blow. Uh, <laughs> WTF, uh, WTF, let's see. What were some of the ones recently? Uh, what the fuck know, happened f- to Marvel Cinematic Universe? <laughs> uh, what the fuck happened to Matthew Broderick was the newest one. Okay. The- he's got a Broderick. new
3: show coming out where he's co-starring with his wife or a new miniseries or movie, something. He's doing something with what's Sarah Jessica name?
2: Parker. Thank you. Boy, yeah, they've man. actually been Broderick. on Broadway. That might be, I wonder if that's, oh, maybe that's what it is. Yeah. They've been on Broadway doing that show together. That That's they did mention sense. that. So, full disclosure. Okay. Joe right. Blow is being uh, completely honest about things. Are, are you but,
3: paid by Joe Blow? Because this is like the eighth <laughs> episode in a row where you've shilled for them, yeah. and I don't understand
2: why. Are you friends with them? I, do we do we I owe them something? I keep watching this. I keep watching these things. <laughs> I just can't help myself. You know what? The I did watch what the fuck happened to you. You mentioned old, and I what the fuck happened to M Night Shyamalan? And I was the like, guy oh, who released the
3: movie last year. <laughs> <laughs> Currently filming something. Got a TV yeah. show also going right now. Yeah. Has who been already? For years.
2: <laughs> where where who the is this guy comeback. who's right in front of me? <laughs> he already had a comeback too with his uh. You know, when Split came out, sure. that was like a nice comeback for him. So yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, I I just like watching like I guess recaps of people's lives in film. I guess so. Maybe I should start my own series. You know, maybe I could do it better than what Joe Blow's doing. Maybe I'll do that on the Patreon. I'll take it up a notch and I'll show him how to really do it.
0: All right,
1: <laughs> or just go. email them, tell them to
2: change the name of their ongoing series. <laughs> A day in the light, right, yeah. Uh, retrospectives, Joe Blow retrospectives. Ooh. There you go, that might work better. All
3: right, so. you're gonna get hired now.
2: It, They're gonna I fuck had. you now. Uh, no, don't, <laughs> no, fuck no, me. No. Uh, okay. Uh, I think that's pretty much it. So, All yeah, send right. an iPod at right. protonmail.com. Send us an email, and of course, the uh, we're going Get close, that Patreon is going to be rolling out here the next day or close. two, so get ready for that. We'll share the links, it'll be on all of our social medias, twitters, Instagram, Facebook, uh, you know, the what have yous, etc. Yeah, etcetera dot com bubble, risk it all world, and it'll be great. So, <laughs> did you just say dot seven?
3: com bubble? Yeah, like y, never, Y2K type,
2: <laughs> yeah, the risk it all, Y2K, the, the, the fucking I used sock to say dog that too. thing. <laughs> Dog, sock, yeah, this sock, risk sock. it all.com world, man. Yeah. Used to say that relevant. all the time.
3: <laughs> relevant hot topic.
2: Twenty two <laughs> years later, as our economy tanks. Yeah, it seems kinda of relevant actually. If you, yeah, you guys yeah, you want to talk economics, huh? You want to talk Davos yeah. World Economic Forum? You want to get into it? Yeah, on the, the
3: line. Get the the, the Fed rate that Fred just hiked the rate. Let's talk about it. 09 percent, yeah. folks.
2: <laughs> hey, settle that it's yeah. Fed rate talk. All right, now let's get into our main event. It's time for the movie that I selected for this week, and it's called Who framed Roger Rabbit?
0: What's that, Doc?
2: Valiant, what are you trying to do? Give me a heart attack?
0: You need a heart before you can have an attack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got the will? Sure. I got the will. Question is, do you have the way? Because I can tell you now, it ain't gonna come cheap. You got a lot of brass coming up here by yourself. Who said I'm here by myself? Let me see that will. I told you, I got it. I want to see it now. How do I love thee? Let me count the ways. This is supposed to be a joke? No, this is. Get up. What are you going to do to me, uh, Valiant? I'm going to listen to you spin the cloverleaf scenario. The story of greed, sex, and murder. And the parts that I don't like. I'm gonna edit out. You got it all wrong. I'm a cartoon maker, not a murderer. Everybody's gotta have a hobby. <laughs> oh, stop, it. stop it! Stop it! Stop it! The truth is, I had a chance to sell my studio.
2: But Cloverleaf wouldn't buy my property and unless me sold them his. The stubborn bastard wouldn't sell. So I was gonna blackmail Acme with pictures of him and the rabbit's wife blackmail, that's
1: all. I've been around tools all my life. I didn't want to see him destroyed.
0: Toons destroyed? Why? If I tell you I'm a dead man. You're a dead man if you don't tell me. Unless act Miss Will shows by midnight tonight, Toonetown's going to be left with a freaking ah! ah!
3: No question mark there. Just two nope. frames.
2: I know. That's exactly what I thought, too. And I saw the title frame and I forgot that the title frame starts like that because I actually thought the movie starts with the cartoon. Right. But there is a there's a title card first. Did you read yeah, into that? that?
1: Why? Why? There's no question mark. No, no. did you? Uh, yeah, me. I read into it. And I guess that like the uh, industry standard was that. Question marks at the end of film titles are bad business. And like every time a movie has a question mark at the end in the title, it tanks.
3: Oh, like that Harry Crumb movie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Who's Harry Crum? Is that
1: what it's called? Top, top, top three movies with a question mark uh, in the beginning. Yeah, what about Bob? That's a true classic. Oh.
3: Um, worked there. I, I but... can't think of any others besides who's Harry Where Crumb. Where in the world
2: is Carmen Sandiego? That flop. <laughs> Rockapella. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm out yeah, I got uh, no more no, I, yeah I don't have any either there's well, a question mark in the title of um, Batman what planet are you heaven. from what planet oh <laughs> what planet boy Gary yeah, Shandling
0: right. yeah, oh,
2: so yeah it's directed by Robert Zemeckis starring Bob Hoskins the late great Bob Hoskins who we all like here does anyone not like Bob Hoskins because I don't know why you would not like him
3: who doesn't like Bob Hoskins get them, get exactly. them the fuck out of here
2: right. exactly yeah hit the rope pal hit the bricks <laughs> Yeah, Christopher Lloyd's in this. uh, Yeah, it's a big, big adventure. This thing was a revolutionary type of film with all of the animation that came into it. And it was a special marvel for its time. So, Travis, back in 1988, when you would have been about seven or eight years old, did you see this one in the theater? Because I'm trying to think if I did. I, i'm pretty yeah i,
3: I did I, I was taken to the movies a lot around that era i was pretty well spoiled in the film Ooh. department which was cool especially in the summers I, I spent a lot of time with my aunt and uncle and they always took me to movies and that one uh, roger rabbit, rabbit came out i want to say it was a summer blockbuster and yeah you know like uh, like everybody my age i was blown away by it donald and daffy on the same screen at the same time my yeah. little mind was blown
2: <laughs> That's so yeah, cool. That's loved still it. so cool. Yeah. Uh Eric 1988 in the theater. <laughs> it was only rated oh, PG, on, I believe, right yeah, PG?
1: That, strong suggestive mature themes here, so I my, I was warned. I remember this the uh when this came out this weekend in 1988 this summer because I went to the theater with uh my neighbor Evan Hawker. Uh remember <laughs> Ethan Hawker the teacher his younger Sure? Brother. Evan yeah. him he and I were friends. We went to the theater with our parents, for some reason it was both of our parents, and um, for some reason we went there to see Roger Rabbit, and then it was determined that Roger Robert was not uh, appropriate for me, so <laughs> Evan got to go into Theater 1, and I had to go into Theater 2 and watch Ernest Saves Christmas. Had a great time, oh. but uh, yeah, I missed out in theaters. In the um, summer? They had that playing in the summer? That's weird. Yeah, it, yeah, it, it was summer release. Um and i didn't see it for many many years afterwards so yeah. a big part of tonight's conversation is going to be the fact that i have no emotional attachment to this film in terms of seeing it as a kid oh uh, and when i first oh. saw it this is after i'd seen like cool world and all this stuff already oh. done even by the late 90s
3: wow and it's a robert zemeckis film right after back to the future which you were allowed to see yeah. that shit which is i mean this is no much not much worse than that
0: yeah but for me what? watching this Uh, We can talk about that. We can talk about that. There's a
3: lot of bourbon. Um, But for me, watching this last night, I was like, oh, my God, I've seen this so many times. I haven't seen it
2: in forever.
3: (laughs) I haven't seen it in forever, but I'd seen it so many times.
2: (laughs) That's so funny. That's exactly how I felt, too. I was like, oh, yeah, okay, this scene. I know what he's (laughs) going to say here. I know what she's going to say. I still
1: got it, Eddie. Boop, boop, be
3: doop, boop. It's like uh, getting a machine and like reliving a memory.
2: <laughs> yeah. I mean, clearly, I saw this movie in the theater as well, Travis. And whatever, I don't know the exact memory, but I distinctly remember seeing the opening cartoon in a theater because I remember the bigness of it. It, it wouldn't just, it wouldn't have felt as big in a living room when it came on a VHS after the fact to me. I'm pretty confident in that. It was the babysitter we used to have. We would kind of like spend weekends with. It was weird. Like, they would like to stay there and. Uh, they would take us to the theater, and we saw Roger Rabbit in the theater, and hmm. we all loved it, and kept quoting Roger Rabbit a lot, and I didn't care about Jessica Rabbit. I was much more into Roger <laughs> Rabbit at that time, so yes. yeah. uh, apparently Jessica Rabbit is a source of a lot of controversy. Apparently. You don't say. Um, vaguely yeah, sexual. Vaguely. It, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, come on. Just, like, come out with it for once. Uh, well, let's talk about the uh, IMDb rating first. I have not looked it up, so I get to guess. Anybody else? Uh, yeah. I checked
1: I
3: it out, it. gentlemen. I'm
2: guessing it's high. I'm guessing it's real high. I
3: think this is a a beloved classic. I'm going to say 8.0.
2: Yeah. uh, Oh, 8.0. Wow. I feel like uh, it's worthy of that possibly, but I'm going to say it's below the eights where people love it, but it got knocked down by some people saying, oh, it was this or that. So I'm going to give it a (laughs) 7.7. 7.7. Wow. Wow, Look at you. I swear I didn't look. All right. That's fun. right. But either way. This is—we were both in the ballpark there, so we both feel like most people who've seen this probably yeah. because of the nostalgia factor. Yeah,
3: I mean, it was a huge and well-reviewed hit when it came out, and it's the kind of thing that, like, a lot of people like me had a copy in the house and just wore the fuck out of it.
2: Yep, absolutely. Uh, most most people, most most normal people, I mean. You know, people, oh, of course, the, the normies, way. yeah, the normies. <laughs> Nor- uh, yeah, me. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> That's okay, at least you were rocking the Beastie Boys back then. I wasn't yeah, hearing true. any Beastie Boys yet. Oh, so, little
3: spoiler you know, take to the oh, I- conversation. Oh, yeah, look at that. This is a teaser.
2: <laughs> hey, uh, Rotten Tomatoes 97% is this That's the highest rated movie high, we've done?
3: High. That is so high.
2: <laughs> I think so. Well, we did I really that
3: in the do. Future. I wouldn't be surprised if Back to the Future was higher or Robocop.
2: Right. Wow, yeah, I'll have to double-check it, but this certainly in the running. 97 from the critics and an 85 from the audience. So the critics liked it more than the audience, who still liked it mm-hmm. a fair amount. Uh, as far as critical reviews, we're going way back in time, obviously, to the 80s, but there's probably some modern reviews for people who you know, were born after the fact and they saw it for the first time, so we can see what they have to say as well. How about uh, Christy Lemire from christylemire.com? She's a top critic, apparently. This was from 2018, Technology has advanced significantly since 1988. Yes, it has. Mm. But Roger Rabbit doesn't just hold up. It wows. This is from 2018. Wow. 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 Uh, Peter Trevor says, your eyeballs have no choice but to go boing. <laughs> what a stupid review. Jesus. <laughs> B-O-I-N-N-N-N-G. So oh I don't hope God. I did it right.
3: He had a fun time <laughs> writing that one.
2: He sure did. Uh the late great Gene Sisko. We never we don't get a lot of opportunities as often as we'd like to get Gene's yeah. opinion on movies because he passed away in ninety-nine. But he said, this is a movie that demands to be seen twice. The first time, one is likely to be dazzled to the point of exhaustion. The second time, mm. one can appreciate the artistry and good humor more easily.
3: Yeah, okay, that makes sense. That's how I felt about <laughs> Spider-Man No Way Home.
2: <laughs> yes, good call. That's a great comp. I completely agree with that. Uh, here's a little uh, dousing, you know, dousing the flames here with, or are we fanning the flames? It's dousing. worse.
3: We got dousing here. Dousing.
2: nobody cares (laughs) Richard Corliss of Time Magazine said the opening cartoon upstages the movie that emerges from it what a salty fuck yeah I mean (laughs) you're going to rip on it and you're going to give us one sentence like that's supposed to mean everything oh the opening cartoon says it all after that it's all downhill is that what you're saying go watch Warner Mm -hmm. Brothers then this is I
3: mean because that's a fun homage to all that kind of stuff but like the movie's a lot more than that. If you don't want more than that, then don't watch the fucking movie. <laughs> oh shit! Dude, we
2: got Destin Thompson. Yes! Oh shit. Wow, what wow. a treat for us. So this is after the fact, of course. Um not only a technical tour de force, it crackles with entertainment. He loves it. A tour de force, he says. That's yeah. high praise from our boy Destin. It is. He wouldn't, yeah, he doesn't always say that. I agree. And lastly, Ebes. We did Cisco will do EBS. Sheer, of course, sheer enchanted entertainment from the first frame to the last. A joyous, giddy, goofy celebration of the kind of fun you can have with a movie camera. I can think of other ways you can have fun with a movie camera. Yeah, I bet you would, Panama Red. (laughs) So, uh, a tactical marvel. We want to talk about that first, get it out of the way. I mean, because it's what's mostly talked about in this film. It is a tactical marvel. Does it still hold up to this day with its tactical achievements?
3: I think one of my complaints about the film, uh, and it's not really the film's fault. It's more like society. I blame society. Society. Mm. Society. Uh, But when society, society. when this movie came out, and again, I was eight. What the fuck do I know? What do I remember about that time period of my life? But I remember (laughs) distinctly. That's true. That's true. I I, I remember distinctly getting the impression, um, and I did for a long time, that this is the first time that, like, you know, live action. And two D cell animations mixed together, and everyone's like, "Wow!" But of course, it's been going on for decades, many, many, many decades. <laughs> so I don't really understand what the hoopla was about. This was the highest oh, uh, budget dear. for any film at any time. Um, now, being excited about the collection of IP, all these different characters interacting together—that to me makes makes sense. But um, and and of course the. Like the, the achievement that they do, the way that they make it look is pretty awesome. I mean, I'm still like watching the scene when uh, Bob Hoskins is is washing Roger Rabbit rabbit in the sink and hiding him from the weasels, and then the weasel, one of the weasels, kind of like slaps some water, and I'm like, how the fuck did they do that? Mm-hmm. So there's still like some kind of cool moments like that in there. Yeah, it's all it's the
1: whole thing, like the the, the big achievement here, which is one uh, one of the many reasons it got I think four Oscars for its effects is that we aren't just looking at a, a static shot with uh, cartoons superimposed on it, which you've seen yeah. in Bedknobs and Broomsticks Sticks and Mary Poppins and ship even before that. Uh, Zemeckis, and this is what they were worried about while they were making it, Zemeckis is known for these very technical, long one uh, so th- they knew he was going to be moving the camera about quite a bit, mm-hmm. and to have... The, these tunes um, interact with the actors, not just in a static shot where the camera is locked down, but in these very uh, expansive pans and stuff. I think mm-hmm. that's the true marvel. And you nailed yeah. probably the best scene in the movie, which is an example of that, at uh, Eddie's apartment. It's
2: incredible. incredible. Uh, I don't know if this is true. I just like to re- – this is funny. After the first <laughs> – Test audience was mostly 18- to 19-year-olds. They all hated it. Robert Zemeckis, <laughs> they all walked out, and he refused to change one thing on it. Zemeckis Good. left it as it was.
3: That's that's smart. Did you guys see where uh, Terry Gilliam almost directed this?
0: Yes! Which what would, would have made
3: like? sense, actually, at the time, given that, like, you know, time bandits and that kind of stuff. I'm personally a big fan of uh, The Adventures of Baron Munchausen, which is what he ended up doing that year, so I'm glad <laughs> things worked out the way that they did. But that would have been interesting.
2: I didn't know that Amy Irving was the singing voice. Kathleen Turner does Rod, uh, Jessica Rabbit's yeah. vocal voice. But when she sings a song like that song at the Ink and Paint Club, that's Amy Irving. And I was like, yeah. what?
0: Wow. Okay. Did,
3: did you see also that, and I'm going to bring up the most horrific and disturbing scene in the movie early, which is, of course, the, the brutal murder of one of the shoes, no, the so squeaky true. shoe. That oh. squeaky shoe. So, was watching that last night. I was all fucked that's up torture. watching that scene. Um, but that's Nancy Cartwright. That's Bart Simpson's voice. Oh right no, there. shit! Isn't that cool? I had no uh, idea. Really
2: cool. I thought you were going to say the most distir- disturbing scene in the movie, uh, which is just a uh, you know, I don't think they were trying to be cruel in any way, but having all of the people in the band be black crows. Who were in the jazz band behind her? I was like, oh boy, this is. I, didn't- I never looked I at it. The- I totally. Yeah. I had never I noticed it until I watched it this time. It's just, a- yeah, it's a- exactly yeah, like they're they're the jazz group behind her while she's singing at the Ingham and paint club i'm like oh man guys really yeah, this is too bad i never noticed thing. it when i was a kid but now i see it
3: yeah deep, and so. you, you got like the you know there is some other stuff like the the, the american indian bullet that gets fired from his gun like breaks out a yep. tomahawk and you're like oh yeah. big cringe big cringe yep. are you gonna go yep. back and get that bullet is that your friend or did he just like <laughs> die now <laughs> <laughs> so he have been spent on that on you've that kept bottle. him captive in this box for like 20 yep. years or whatever you've right <laughs> yeah. but that's one of
1: the that's one of the big scenes man and that's that's one of the big opportunities that they have to kind of mirror the whole uh circumstances of Los Angeles in 1947 at the ink and paint Club you have tunes that are not sitting in the audience enjoying the show. They're they're either servers or they're their performance. They're there to make the you know white people laugh. Mm-hmm. So th- it's a comment for sure, uh, and and even that, that might even been purposeful in 1988 to have all the crows just be in the jazz band. Mm. But but it, it yeah, I mean there's a lot to be said that I definitely missed when, <laughs> when I first saw this in the 90s about how the tunes are. Disenfranchised and, and a displaced people uh, in in forty seven. Yeah, that's interesting.
3: And speaking of that scene, since we're on it and kind of things that are provocative that you maybe didn't notice necessarily when you were a kid. How about like you're looking at the the curtain and then a leg peeks through and then a, a pair <laughs> of titties pops out and then <laughs> then comes Jessica Rabbit and, and to, to sing this extremely sultry song that it's just there's, there's so much sexual stuff happening. Uh, that there's, a lot of bourbon, and a lot of sex for basically a kid's movie.
2: Yeah. Like, I mean, yeah, there's literally
3: bourbon every five minutes. <laughs>
2: I mean, this movie basically gave birth to the existence of cartoon porn, which is all over the internet now. Really, this (laughs) movie is... I'm blaming this movie entirely for it because it's clearly implied that, like, hey, people want to fuck a cartoon. They want... And, like, Eddie's initial response to seeing her for the first time he's like oh, oh he's like coming in his pants it's like this is weird in a way <laughs> this is like
3: an incredibly forward-thinking movie because it's all like rule 34 and mass transit propaganda this is yeah. like right up the kid's alley these days <laughs> yes oh, that's cool well, that, <laughs> damn I, I i
2: that this movie has more substance than you realize with that whole background sure. of like the rise of the freeway system and the, all this bullshit right. these you know Chinatown. They took some stuff yeah, here, probably. Yeah, like, yeah, I mean, it's more, yeah, a lot of stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a lot of stuff from Chinatown, which is fine because yeah. it makes, I mean, I mean, you're trying to balance a film that has cartoons in it, but this is not really, I don't think this is a kid's movie. I don't think it is at all, really. So um, I,
3: there's so I mean, many movies that come out these days that we talk about that you know and i just mentioned this with chip and dale where it's like it's kind of more geared towards adults so the adults Mm. are entertained and the kids enjoy it and then they get older and maybe they understand it and like it but that scale of how of what's appropriate and what's not has so shifted since 1988 like no way are you gonna make a movie now that's just a ton of scotch and bob hoskins with his shirt off that's kids aren't ready for that shit
1: Mm. such as this like the main villain's uh, like um, modus operandi is to <laughs> support a freeway system uh, <laughs> and, and, and take out trolley carts. I mean, that's his motive. Yeah. That's, um, could, hey, did you yeah, guys catch that balls. R.K.
2: Maroon might be a nefarious character the first time he showed up on screen?
3: I kind of didn't. It's he's, well, like, he's a maroon. That,
2: RK Maroon is like this as soon as he shows up on screen, his face is like, Oh, this guy's a scumbag. Okay. It's not even like a secret. Hey, Eddie, have a drink. And he's got this he's got that voice and this face. He's not maybe it's more obvious with uh, you know, Judge Doom, but to me, Arcade Maroon and the way they they do something with every single piece in this film, whether it's the cartoons or the people yeah. playing the actual human beings, nothing mm-hmm. is left to chance in this movie. It's Zemeckis really has his hands on every piece of the film, and I got to give him credit mm-hmm. for that because it's what makes the film what it is, in my opinion. Every piece of it adds up to what you get.
3: Yeah, and, and speaking of humans, in Arcade Maroon is. Um, is Marvin Acme the most annoying human in any film ever? Well, he's up there. He certainly <laughs> he's is. He drives me nuts. He, like, he shows up on screen. He's on screen for about 10 seconds. I'm like, I fucking hate this guy. Make him go
2: away. Well, he loves yeah. playing patty cake. So patty cake is fucking, but it's not? That's yes. what I, I got really confused right. about this as an adult. Yeah,
1: it's, yeah, yeah, that was very confusing for me when I was like 14. I was like, eh, patty cake? Is this like, should I close my eyes? What do I do? Because he puts the camera
2: though. down. When Eddie's taking pictures of them, he has to stop because... We're meant to assume that what he's seeing is so graphic, but all the pictures are just penny cake. I, I got, I'm confused. I think
1: that's fucking for tunes.
2: Like that literally yeah, is, oh. how is. Fuck. Tune that is tune fucking.
3: That's tune. Tune.
2: Fu- that's what <laughs> I got as a kid. Even uh, like, uh, the oh, the thing about toast, toast fucking. fucking. The
1: bigger fucking question might be toast. like, <laughs> as much as like Mr. Acme might be super annoying, um. Like what? What is this? What what is the policy here for cops and tune deaths? Because <laughs> we have Judge Doom, who is his own judge, jury, and executioner, right. just like with no investigation, no nothing. He's just
3: killing suspects. That well, well right. and 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 killing to me again. To go back to the killing of the the, the single shoe. Which what mm. about the pair? What about the other shoe? What happens to her? But um, like it's weird that everyone just kind of watches this happen and he's able to just do that. But it does tell us a lot that doom has a lot of power and that Mm -hmm. tunes are considered pretty disposable. And I also think it's cool that the dip is basically just paint thinner.
1: Uh, the the cool thing about the dip and I'm, if you notice me like screaming while I was on mute, I deleted like five pages of notes I had in a draft on Gmail. So I'm going to try to remember this, but the dip, Dr. Uh, Judge Doom says is like it's benzoate and turpentine, but what it actually is is it's what animators used as a solution to erase their cells on yeah. acetate, which is extremely cool when you yeah. when you think about it oh.
3: perfect sense, although mm-hmm. oh. what does not make perfect sense to me is at the end of this film after Judge Doom is killed. And like all the dooms, like all of the dip gets like sprayed away by the hose or whatever. And all the all the tunes come out of Toontown, and they all crowd <laughs> around it. Dooms' body and straight up walk play around it. and play in it. <laughs> Tweety Bird, Mickey Mouse, yeah. Roger Rabbit himself—they're fucking standing. It shows them standing in, in the dip yeah. that has come out of the Dooms' body. Like, That's true. Get the fuck, fuck out of there! What are you doing? <laughs> we even had a reluctant dragon sighting in there. Dude. Yes, you see there it? was. <laughs> I made a note of that. There was a reluctant Ooh. dragon oh, in there. Oh man. When he, pull, when he drives into Toontown when when Eddie pulls into Toontown. There's yeah. that you song. Know, this movie's
2: Oh oh okay. That's for that makes a lot of sense. Where this movie has so many what was the most obscure character? Because this movie's well over many <laughs> oh. years old now. So they're taking characters and cartoons from like the 40s, the 30s. I was yeah. trying to see like, what is that? Do I know that cartoon? Do I know that thing? I, like the pelican, I didn't know who that was. I knew the broomsticks were Fantasia. I got that. And
3: What's uh? What is it? Night on Witch Mountain is that the name of the Fantasia one? Like at one point you see like the little horned devils, but you don't even see the, yeah. the devils themselves. They just kind of like the horns and like the pitchforks kind of go across the bottom of the screen. That's pretty. <laughs> right accurate. next to the
2: the cattle call while they're all practicing their <laughs> yeah. moos. That made me yeah, laugh. I never really noticed funny. that before, but that was fine. And Dumbo works for peanuts. That's great. Hilarious. Yeah,
0: yeah. That's wonderful. Yeah. It's I'm like sure. an
2: IP nightmare, dude. Like
1: you're this is never going to happen again. Like Ready Player 1 attempted it when they tried mm. to merge all these properties, but like that was like t- 5% of what they're able to achieve here. Thanks mostly in part to Spielberg's connections and all that stuff. Yeah,
2: this has never been a Disney... War- this is the only time, right? Disney characters and Warner Brother characters were on the same screen together, at least cartoons, animated yeah, ones.
3: Yeah, as far as a cartoon... And the, there was, like, some stipulations. Like, they, like some of them had to be on the screen at the same time, like Mickey and Bugs and, and Daffy and Donald, <laughs> yeah. and it had to be, like, very equal. And th- that the movie ends with with Porky Pig and uh, Tinkerbell is not a mistake, yep. right? They're like, oh, got to make sure that we both yeah. get a last word in here.
1: It reminded yep. me of uh, The Towering Inferno when, like... Steve McQueen and Paul Newman had to, like, have their, like, credits, like, only, like, a millimeter slightly above (laughs) than the other. And, like, we're talking about fucking cartoon characters here.
3: (laughs) Billing wars. It's important IP to these people, I guess. I mean, it really is. I mean, Mickey Mouse and Bugs Bunny, no slouches.
2: What would this movie have been like if Bill Murray was Eddie Valiant instead of Bob Hoskins? If if
3: Bill Murray checked his answer machine, what would this movie be? (laughs) Um (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yes, exactly. if he had a fucking agent like a person, yeah. Um, he just, you know, the... I'm I'm glad Bob Hoskins did it. I mean, I think that Bill Murray probably would have been. I mean, some of these other names though: Sylvester Stallone, Wallace Shawn, uh, Ooh, Ed Harris. Like back in 1988, was up for consideration here. I thought oh. that some of these names, Sylvester Stallone, some of these names were yeah. really <laughs> really weird. But I think Bob yeah. oh, Os- Bob Hoskins fuck. is is dead on here. I think he's perfect.
2: Yeah, I didn't know much about. He was my first exposure, really. I I hadn't seen uh, yeah, the Long Good Friday yet, obviously. So oh, I Mona, Lisa. Really, Mona Lisa. <laughs> yeah, I, I hadn't seen much of Bob Hoskins. He was this was my introduction to Bob, and I loved him. And he was always a part of my life going forward. And yeah. I never would have had that opportunity. I thought he did a great job in this role, being angry and bitter and resentful, and also very furry. sad and very furry. And, and that reminds me, f- very furry, yes. And that also reminds me of uh, the score in this film. It's fantastic. It sets a mood when it fr- <laughs> I liked oh it when it, when the movie first starts and <laughs> yes. it sets a mood and when he's yeah. sad and Roger's sad in that scene where they're going. There's a lot of exposition through pictures and shit, too, which is yeah. kind of lame. I admit so, that freely, But the music is not uh, the problem.
3: I'm glad you brought that up because we got Al- Alan Silvestri again. Mm-hmm. And the, there's the jazz stuff going on, especially like when the touchstone st- picture starts off in the beginning, the jazz kicks in. That stuff is awesome. All of the like jazz stuff is really, really good. The adventure fun parts, it sounds like Predator 2, which sounds like Judgment yeah. Night, which sounds like yeah, Back to the, the Future. Yeah. Da-da-da. da da, da, da
0: yeah.
3: I mean, it's just Alan yeah. Silvestri. Da-da-da. It's, it's always the same. Like, oh, there he is doing the same oh. shit.
2: Okay, <laughs> but, I like the melancholy ones, but when it's yeah. the sad melancholy part. That's uh, You're right. I don't love Good that, that. Good jazz yeah. stuff. Yeah. But, That's yeah. the thing, because
1: the score doesn't emulate the soundtracks we're used to seeing in those old Chuck Jones, Tex Avery things—it it just mm. sounds like a modern '80s score.
3: Yeah, I don't think he was the right. Co- I mean, I do think the jazz again. I think he. I think he did great work with that, but I, yeah, it's a little too blockbustery. God damn <laughs> yeah,
1: it. this that's is fair. the part of
2: the show where do I just Uh-oh. ride
1: this out and agree with you guys and be totally oh, fine tonight? Come on, do let's I... do
0: it.
2: Let's make some sh- make some oh, arguments oh, here. Fuck. Come on.
1: I said earlier that I have no attachment to this. I didn't grow up with it, so it does not have any imprint on me. Um, I would have been very happy if someone like Eddie Murphy um, signed on to Eddie Valiant like they were trying to get. Uh Dude, I like Bob Hoskins and supporting roles. He's a very strong character actor. He doesn't have the charisma for me in this one. Uh, he just seems like basic film noir like guy to me in this true um, that's true i think I like the to. stuff that he like his jokes don't land for me he just kind of says them. like i think someone else that could have added improv and like like some of these classic legends that have been known to improve a script uh, could have done a little bit more with this because he's just kind of there for me i'm sorry
3: no you don't have to be sorry i totally hear you but i think that he's doing what for me at least what is needed because he's playing the straight guy we don't need a wacky fun guy we got Roger Rabbit voiced by the great Charles Fleischer I mean that's the wacky one that's the hilarious charming one like you like to have like the, the classic gumshoe uh, kind of stick in the mud guy and, and see him loosen up throughout the movie I think I, I think that works for me but I, I hear what you're saying I mean he's there's a reason why he doesn't star in a ton of movies right I mean like he's, mm-hmm. he is kind of um, he's very British he's so he fucking Mario, British. though not forget, oh, yeah, he, was he Mario. regretted. He
2: regretted. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, he took some chances. Uh, he did. I think the best representation of what you're talking about here with Bob Hoskins' character Eddie Valiant is at the end when he's trying to make the Weasels laugh to distract them. But he does that huge <laughs> that's performance for me, that's but that's for me. And so I, I know exactly why you feel that way, Eric. But to Travis's point, he's not supposed to be that type of guy. He's out of his comfort zone trying to make it happen. So that's why. I never had a problem with it because that's how they created the character. He's not this gregarious <laughs> guy, but he's going out of his way to show you that he actually cares about these tunes. But he that's is. Good point. This this is the fun part that, I,
3: that something like I, I, despite watching this movie so many times, and I'm all excited now because I got something new watching it last night that I didn't really get before. In uh-huh. in in two moments, when he develops the film, and you see that um, the the last vacation that he took with his brother, you mm-hmm. see that goofiness. They're 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 like doing goofy shit together Oh, the clowns together. yeah yeah that's right well that's that's well not the clowns but like when they're on the beach But the Mm -hmm. next thing I was going to say is it's some of the best exposition I've seen through like the just visual stuff is just panning through the desk of his dead brother. Mm -hmm. You learn Mm -hmm. not only is his brother dead, his brother was not, he was not just his brother. It was his best Mm -hmm. friend and -hmm. his business partner. And you learn that they went, that they grew up in a uh, circus together, which is where all Mm -hmm. of the performance stuff that he does at the end comes from. And you learn that he was a cop, which is why the cops are so down on him because he. Became an alcoholic and you know left the force and all this. So there's like so much that you like uh, that you can get from that one pan. I'm like fuck. I I missed all of this when I was a kid. Not a word
1: of dialogue. Show don't tell. Classic example. Yeah. Fantastic.
2: Goofy
3: was cleared for being a spy. He was like clearly (laughs) a
1: red.
2: That's right. I was surprised. cracked the case on the nephews. Huey Dewey and Louie.
0: Yeah. I,
2: I I
1: was surprised reading into it a little bit that. Uh, Chuck Jones himself, the legendary Looney Tunes um, maestro, uh, the creator mostly of all the, most of these characters, didn't care for the film. Um, he had a lot of issues with it. One of his big issues with it was the Roger Rabbit character. Um, he just thought there was not a lot of like pathos from him. He just kind of was was there, like being funny. I I gotta say, I I agree with him a little bit here. I think it was being a little bit cantankerous because this is not the, the that movie. Uh, I do think the movie does miss an opportunity to have tunes learn from humans. Um, uh, Eddie learns quite a bit about this world and, and, and humor in general and the positivity of uh, frivolity, but... I think there was a kind of a missed opportunity for someone like Roger, who's the title character to learn more from Eddie about human beings as they are coexisting in, in, in the world.
0: Hmm.
2: Yeah. That's an interesting point. Also, uh, if you want to know who Charles Fleischer is, who voices Roger Rabbit, you can see him in Zodiac and you can see yeah. him in funny people in a brief cameo. So in permanent midnight. Oh, permanent yeah. midnight. That's right. Okay. Good call. Yeah. Nice. Uh Yeah, you know, look, uh, the guy who creates these, I don't expect the guy who is, you know, the man who created these characters and watched them grow. And uh, he didn't have the hands. We already complained about the fact that Disney and Warner Brothers had these very strict rules. So it was already fucked in terms of like a a chance to branch out and have a lot of creativity. This Mm -hmm. movie is technically tight, very, very tight, as we already know. Mm -hmm. But the creativity is it's a missed opportunity I actually think i kind of agree with what you're saying a little bit because of the stringent rules on all of these properties that are in this film it makes it a missed opportunity to really because i love donald duck and daffy duck scene it's awesome mm-hmm. i wanted so yeah. much mm-hmm. more of that i'm like oh mm-hmm. i still loved it now I'm like oh this is great i love this I'm i'm laughing right now and i'm 40 years old so i wish <laughs> we could have got more of that but you know studios are gonna studio
3: I do love that Mel Blanc did uh, most of those voices, a lot of the classic voices that he had originally done. Um, I do think that if there's one tune that learned anything from humans here, there there is one, and it's Judge Doom he's learned the bad lessons from humans. This is the only tune mm. that's evil. And and to be an evil tune basically turns you into a fucking green lantern apparently because you can do whatever <laughs> you want with your hands and stuff which is kind of cool. So you learn a lot like wow, if there's any other evil tunes like like we're all fucked if the tunes if the tunes decide to turn on us because they can't die without the dip. <laughs> and they can Dude. kill us very easily.
1: <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Um by far my favorite thing about this movie that I didn't th- I've seen it a few times but I didn't really it didn't really register with me until now um is the fact that the the tunes are really fucking dangerous like just in general and the fact that they exist in our world like there's so many scenes where like they're doing stuff to like have fun and clown around but like it's it's fucking dangerous and like human beings could get hurt and stuff so it brings up this thing where like Eddie does kind of have a point there like these nuisances and these threats because they exist only to make people laugh. Roger says I I only exist to be funny. Yeah. Uh so so you imagine for one second because you do get into this world very easily. So you imagine if these things are all over the place and they're fucking clowning around and smashing shit,
3: people are fucking going to get hurt. Yeah. It's a really weird thing to think of which makes the movie really cool. Yeah, watching it last night I was thinking during the the Daffy and Donald scene like how many fucking pianos do they go through every night? That's got to be expensive. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, oh man, the pianos are already expensive. You're right. A Steinway costs 10 grand yeah. or more. So yeah. Two per mm-hmm. night?
3: Get- two per oh, night? Absolutely.
2: Two per night, yes. you a yeah, hell of a get-
3: show. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
2: you know, where else do you want to go? With? What else? Well, give me some other stuff, guys. I'm open to you because well, I've said a lot of it things. Did this pass the say.
1: bathroom break test for you? Are you pausing it? Or are you like seeing it? You know, know everything about it. Whatever. I don't think that
3: tells us where you were on that one. But yeah, I it paused does. it.
1: It <laughs> does. Um, I paused it at 42 minutes because I was starting to get a little.
2: Is that around the when they're in the movie theater hiding out, like that part? It of was. Movie?
1: Yeah, it was kind of around there. Like, there's so much slapstick. And there's so much just, like, bing, bang, boom um, that, for me, yeah, I, I got exhausted before even an hour into the film. And I pause. I'm like, shit, there's another two hours? Um, the pace is a little weird for me. Like, these, these screenwriters, I, I deleted them, but, like, they gave us subpar films later, Wild Wild West. Um, yeah, just, like, they, they this brilliant idea That was uh, an inception of Gary Wolf's original book, who censored Roger Rabbit from '81. Sounds very Uh, different plot. Yeah, extremely different. Um, I don't know. I, I, no pun intended, but I did kind of tune out after about 40 minutes because I just I found that a little bit exhausting to be honest with you because it's very obnoxious and it's very loud, and the the whole film noir slash Chinatown plot was so familiar to me as just like almost like
3: a cliche. That yeah. I did get a little bored. I felt like that may be a touch toward the end, but I, I couldn't tell if it was a movie or it was because I had seen it so many fucking times. I'll tell you though I think the biggest problem I had with the film you actually just kind of obliquely referenced, which was the the movie theater scene. To have a like a a plot that involves a mystery and your hero is a detective and to have him get the big break in his case from watching the fucking news <laughs> is not great screen. Oh, oh
2: <laughs> great call. You just great talked about call. great a great way to exposition earlier and now this is a terrible way to do it. Well yeah, done that sir. wasn't that That's was great not involved. great. Yeah well we you know you can't hit a hundred can't yeah. you can't can't you win them all every time. That's right. Yeah. You can't win them all kid. Better luck next time kid uh I was that sometime? Didn't think about that. I also thought about when Benny skids out the Betty the cab. We haven't mentioned Benny the taxi cab. Also he, uh, voiced
3: by Charles Fleischer.
2: Oh, cool! Yeah. And he. He blows a tire when he goes through the dip, coming out of the tunnel. The dip thing gets knocked over. So, like, yeah, that's what that means. Like, your tires blow yeah. as a. There's all these rules for every tune with the dip now that I'm starting to get more confused by. <laughs> you don't just get burned alive. Like, wouldn't there just be permanent holes in his wheels, or wouldn't they just melt away forever and he would never yeah. be able to drive
1: again? All the windows uh, disappear. They shatter and die. you, can, and if you frame by frame, it, the windows are like.
2: Ah. And I'm watching <laughs> the
3: and watching the weasels like. Very casually stir the dip, move the dip. They haul a whole fucking drum of dip up a flight of stairs for some reason, rather than bringing <laughs> Roger Rabbit yeah. down to the street. Like they're so, blasé the, they're so blase about they're so blase about the dip. I, these weasels. I'm
2: sorry. Like <laughs> weasels are funny. What
3: what they are? What is this plot like?
2: Why, why
1: them, does that cartoon? Them. Why does a cartoon <laughs> want to destroy Toontown? Why does he? Do they say why he like? Wants to kill all the tunes, other than money. wanting to build the freeway. It's money. Yeah, it's Is money, it money, he's, power, he's money. Bought out, Is it yeah, the he's,
3: dollar? He's bought out. He's bought out Cloverleaf. He's gonna somehow profit from all of this, uh, and he's doing it for profit and like and and progress, supposedly. I and he hates tunes. And he yeah. hates tunes. Clearly, he's a
1: self-hating tune. He's
2: a Cloverleaf. Self-loving. Actually,
3: the third <laughs> script
1: by whoa, Robert Town, The, the second Chinatown sequel. What a sequel. world! What a world! <laughs> Um, I love the clues that J- Judge Doom is attuned. He puts that big ass glove on, uh, so he uh-huh. doesn't have to touch the dip. And I love that the shoe is red because when he kills the shoe, it, like it looks like fucking like blood and shit.
2: It's, mm-hmm. and That's see, those are amazing. Like when Robert Re- Robert Robert Rabbit goes through the window. <laughs> Roger at, Rabbit. After he has his first alcoholic drink and he's pissed, he's like, oh, "I'll get it yeah. back, you'll see." That's awesome. How it's a still of his body crashed through the window that's awesome it looked totally like yeah. i i tried to like i even back w- rewinded it for a second like oh wait i want to see where this where this frame will give it away but it, i couldn't see it it was amazing
1: would you go to toontown i would be fucking terrified see?
2: of toontown I'm glad you brought that up because this is to me, I wish there was more Toontown. When they go to Toontown, I get so excited it's like, oh, it's so much fun in here, and it gets all bozo-y and that red-headed lady who's not Jessica Rabbit. Lena <laughs> Hyena. Oh. Yeah, Lena yeah. Hyena. Thank you. Lena <laughs> Hyena. I, I get
3: very confused there because it's established that you can feel pain there because he hits his head. Valiant does. But then also when he goes up the hell the elevator really fast, his body like turns into a puddle and he <laughs> and so like you're so you can both feel pain, but you also have like Toon properties when you're in Toontown, but what his brother with- was
2: murdered in Toontown, wasn't he? That's why he hates going to Toontown. Yeah, he went I down feel down like down that's how that
3: happened. Oh, this whole thing is falling apart. Uh oh <laughs> <laughs>
2: it's almost like this cartoon human movie doesn't make sense. <laughs> <laughs>
1: We're trying to rationalize this shit. Yeah, I, was, he, I, mean, want I want logic right
2: now, I want this grounded like my Nolan Batman's right now. <laughs>
3: Um, how about when little children give Bob Hoskins' character cigarettes? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's 1947. Like things have changed. <laughs> love that.
2: Yeah, that was great. Like that's what I'm saying. This is not a kids' movie. That would that would fly today, apparently, which is no. weird because it's not. I mean, it's still an innocent thing, but it seems like that would happen. Kids who ride the back of trolley carts are smoking. Sure. Mm.
1: Um,
3: this love interest.
1: I don't even remember her name.
3: Oh, oh Dolores. 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 Like what? what? She gives up her whole bar for nothing. He doesn't even like comment on it. She's like, "I lost my bar." He's like, "You should leave me." That's literally the conversation <laughs> they have. <Yeah. laughs>
2: the legend Joanna Cassidy, man. She's Joanna Cassidy is a underappreciated <sighs> classic actress. Uh, I mean, she's not a Hall of Famer. She's not like a a world beater, but Joanna Where else Cassidy's Oh, man. I loved her in don't tell mom the babysitter's dead. She plays the boss. Oh, the boss. The boss. Yeah, the boss. Right on top Not of that, right. Rose. <laughs> yep, that's her, the yeah, boss.
3: Played Rose, that's right. She was fucking awesome in that.
0: Damn. Well, she's had <laughs> her moments. Yeah, you're right. Um,
3: she's really good in that. All right. All right. Um, what else we got, Shit. guys?
0: Well, we are starting to run out of
1: steam here? Yeah. Well, it, the, 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 big, the big question is, like... This this cemented and paved the road for literally every single movie we see now, where like CGI characters are just palling around with everybody in every mm, single scene. Yeah. Um, Osmosis Jones. It's so groundbreaking. It's it's so groundbreaking. <laughs>
3: oh no! It
2: That's
1: is. That's what no, Bill Murray right.
2: did instead. He could have done this. He did Osmosis Jones. That's
3: what happened? <laughs> and Space Jam. Maybe that was him trying to be like, I fucked up. Yeah, I think so. Probably, honestly. So, so I, I yeah, I don't know. It's uh, an from inevitability a technical
2: though. This movie's, not, this movie's not to be blamed, Eric. This was gonna be an inevitability. The technology was gonna evolve. So if it wasn't this movie, it would have been another movie. So I don't yeah. blame the movie itself. Well,
1: what, if, it's just, what if Cool World was like the first time this happened? Would would it be a classic now?
2: Yeah, because I think somebody would be like, well, that was shit. We can do it much better. Because someone's always going to want to do it better, I feel like.
3: Yeah, I think that this had broad accessibility in a way that, I mean, I haven't seen Cool World, but like that was geared towards adults. <laughs> if you're going to make it's a movie good. like this, you want to make it kind of for everybody, which by the standards of 1988, this is PG. This is legit. This is, there's not too much to you know be alarmed at in 1988 I mean now we're like what's with the racist undertones what's with the cigarettes what's with all the fucking bourbon Um, but at the time yeah a lot a lot a lot of sexual innuendo uh is that a rabbit in your ha- pocket or are you just happy to see me she asked me at one point it took me a long time to figure out what that meant
2: <laughs> me too i didn't know what that meant when i was a kid also no. we haven't even mentioned the misogynist baby i mean what a fucking character baby mm-hmm. herman a total yes, asshole herman. to women who's on set it's
1: Bizarre. It's fucking bizarre. He's hilarious in Something's Cooking, but I liked him even more in that <laughs> short before Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Yeah. Yes. Remember? I remember oh, that. Hilarious. I totally
2: I saw that at a drive-in, because yep. we saw that movie at a drive-in. Oh, I remember that yep. well. Awesome. <laughs> um, speaking of the tunes, I love the way
1: the tunes look, because even today, like when there's animated characters... They they still just look like 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 cartoons, like they look animated. But like what this creative team did and headed by Richard Williams, who won the Special Achievement Oscar. And until until then, it's been 20 years. It was it was 2017 when for some reason, Alejandro Iñárritu won it for some like film. I never fucking heard of Flesh and Sand for some virtual reality thing he did with that. But it was nine. it, It was 1988. Until somebody won it, that special achievement Oscar and like something huge that people did for movies, hmm. uh, for this film, which is insane, dude. Um, but you w- know, sorry, go ahead. my point was before you before that. Really quick, I love how the tunes look like they they could pass as just like regular entities living in the world. They look different from how they do in 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 the films and in the real world. They look like. They look, they're like shady and they're like a little grimy and stuff. It kind of makes them seem like they're, they're even cartoons have like this makeup and smoke and mirrors thing going on for them when they're in movies that I thought was really cool. It'd be really easy to just make them like super glossy and stuff. But
3: yeah, yeah. I think, I think to get to your point, I think that what happens with this movie, that makes it so wonderful in that respect, is there's this great marriage between the animators, the the the, the special effects team, and the cinematographer Dean Kundi, who, or oh, Koundy, I'm not trying sure to pronounce dude. his name. He did yes. Jurassic Park, he did Halloween. Back to the Future. He, yeah, this guy's a legend. So he really was a, a the right call for this because I, I think that what gives the tunes such richness mm-hmm. and this feeling of three dimensionality is the lighting and the shadows and the way yes. it plays. Yes, exactly. really extreme well done
2: awesome yeah that's on display in the opening cartoon the floors you can see the spit shine clean floors you can see the baby and the reflection of that it's so cool man it's, it's... when we see that Yeah, but any more uh, like when they're five to this
1: I... day like there's there's a term uh they i think they call it knock the lamp or hit the lamp yeah which is basically a term for like check go the extra mile and get that little detail like water droplets or like a, a somebody tapping something so the in your subconscious you have this believability there even to this day they have this term for it which is from Roger Rabbit when they yeah. go into the the warehouse
3: i think there's something to be said for filmmakers and there's a lot of lot of different ones that do this where they where they do stuff on film that they do stuff on set that's really you know either on set or in post in this case, it's kind of for them. Like, it's like, let's do a better job than we need to. Right. Because this, this, and it will eventually show. I read earlier today that apparently in both uh, filming, both Deadpool one and Deadpool two, uh, Ryan Reynolds was such a fan of John Candy that he carried around a copy a, a fake copy that he had made of Canadian mounted, which is fucking hilarious. And you'd never even see it on film, Canadian but it's somewhere mounted. there. And it's just kind of like, This enriches the experience for him, which in turn enriches it for us. So like this whole knocking the lamp thing is a similar idea, I think. Like these guys went over and beyond what they needed to do. And in so doing, created a really believable universe.
2: Mm. Well said. Well said. That's good stuff.
3: Well. Well, I guess it's funny. I, I, I felt like I had all this stuff to say at the top. But now we're getting towards the end here. I'm kind of I am kind of running out of uh, comments to make. We we touched on a, on a lot here. We covered a lot of ground.
2: Uh, Yeah. You mentioned briefly, too. And I just wanted to reiterate that there was a book, a novel in 1981. <laughs> so I didn't know that that was new to me. I never yeah. ever heard about the who censored Roger Rabbit was the original title of the novel. Yeah.
3: Where Roger Rabbit was a comic strip and not a cartoon. All they were all comic strips. And like from the Sunday funnies and Roger Rabbit dies. And somehow there's a Roger Rabbit doppelganger running around. It's like, this is so confusing. No wonder they just like basically took the names and ran with it. Yeah. In the book, when the the characters, or the cartoons
1: talk, there's uh, word bubbles. They're like up here, like in in our our reality. And you can like go in there and fuck with them and change the words. I'm kind of interested.
2: Yeah,
3: it's interesting, mm. but can you imagine if they like made a proper who who censored Roger Rabbit movie? That'd be yeah. weird.
2: Oh, <laughs> well, maybe someone's up for it. I don't know. You know, I'll tell you,
3: I'll tell you what I wouldn't mind would be, and this is rare that I would be into this kind of thing, but I would be down for a prequel following Judge Doom's life and like finding out what's like what motivated him. The classic Disney or whatever, like let's let's make a movie about the bad guy kind of thing. But I would I could definitely mm-hmm. learn more, like a Cruella. About- yeah, like a young Judge Doom and him <laughs> going, like making that tra- transition from toon to human, and like Doom learning rising. to fool people and stuff, and like getting the mask and the, all together, and, and maybe even killing um, Teddy Valiant, you know, Theodore Valiant.
2: Exactly. Cool. You got a whole, you got a whole world there that was created that's just sitting there, and nothing's world been done building. with
0: it. World well, yeah,
1: building. Yeah. I mean, so J.J. Abrams days. wrote a script in the late '80s called "Who Discovered Roger Rabbit,"
0: hmm.
1: and it was bandied about. And poured over, and they
2: could not crack it. Uh, and I think and he's like, "Screw good. that! I'm going to go do regarding Henry instead."
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was a prequel, but that does beg the question: when you got a hit of this magnitude, how do you not greenlight that sequel? And how is it not? It it just seems like Roger Rabbit just disappeared completely. Yes. And even There's the property short.
3: of this character, like what, well, where, nothing. Surprising. It always seemed weird. But it must have been such a, 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 an act of Congress to get all of the other characters together again that they were like, well, we can't make this happen again. <laughs> so let's just periodically have him do like these one-off shorts, which I really do like the dynamic between him and oh, baby Herman, shit. like this classic Wile e. Coyote Roadrunner thing or like Tom and Jerry thing, but it's got its own unique twist on it in that like the, the baby's not deliberately trying to hurt Roger. It's just like this uh, incidental thing.
2: By the way, uh, in the novel, you talked about how Judge Doom is uh, Judge Jury Executioner. There was mm-hmm. a, <laughs> there was a jury of kangaroos to make a kangaroo court. I heard, hey, yeah, yeah. I
1: heard this. All the <laughs> Joey's were like <laughs> guilty, guilty, guilty. I guess he, guilty. you can't just yeah, carry
2: around it. those kangaroos with you every time you're dipping somebody at a bar. So I understand yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> it's challenging technically. So, uh, quick uh, fun yeah. fact: like
1: today, what today at my school was like bringing a dip day. So as a tribute to Roger Mm -hmm. Rabbit, I brought in like a um, green chili
3: and cheese. I bet it was appetizing. Did it look cool? But it looked Mm
1: -hmm. like the dip, and I called (laughs) it uh, Judge Doom's dip. No compliments.
3: Like to the reference or the dip
1: itself? No no one said anything about the taste, which was exquisite, or the Roger Rabbit reference. I, I don't know. I'm really
2: bummed. I just realized I forgot to change my background after we did our first video, so... Oh, darn it it's such weapon. a lively background oh. look how colorful yeah. it is
3: could have been looking at this the whole time those of you that are watching yeah. us on youtube if you are watching us on youtube take a quick minute click like or subscribe or both we would definitely appreciate it if you're listening to us uh you know on the regular podcast we do appreciate that as well but be aware you could look at our big dumb faces <laughs>
2: <laughs> he's just not a son of man and got a lion <laughs> yeah. all right let's do it let's uh let's lock this one is. down it's time yep, to yep, find yep. out Who Framed Roger Rabbit? No question mark. Does it hold up or not? (laughs) Uh, I'll go first. I think I went last last time. Right? Yeah, I did. did. I'll go first. Who Framed Roger Rabbit's a lot of fun. It holds up. I don't need to say much else. I've already said it all. It's not a kids movie necessarily, but these days it kind of is. I mean, where we are now, it blows. The world moves way ahead of where we were 30 years prior. So this is easily a film That has a little bit for everybody. It holds up because it's fun, and I do feel like there's some missed opportunities with more creativity could have occurred. uh, But that only means that, hey, world out there, people who have money. I know Netflix already burned through all their cash, and now they have to fire everybody and start (laughs) doing advertisements. But whenever we get back to a quality economy again... Whoever has the money next, fire up a Roger Rabbit IP situation, do something with this world because I want to see more of it. I I'm yeah. waiting for more. There's got to be at least something else. Travis's ideas were great. Let's get some more Roger Rabbit ideas and content. It holds up. All
0: right. All
3: right, I'll go ahead and go next since you seem to be the the suspense uh for with the, the suspense for what you're going to say, Eric. Uh, but it's probably pretty obvious that, yeah, for me, this definitely holds up. This is a childhood classic. I, I felt like going in, it was going to hold up. And I felt after I watched it, yep, that holds up. I, again, I admit there was a few points where I was kind of done with it before it was done with me. Um, again, and I've seen it so many times. My dog is barking at a bone. She's literally barking at a bone right now. Very dog-like thing to do. Anyways, uh, yeah, it holds up. What a classic. <laughs> <laughs> totally imperfect um, I am shocked that Bob Hoskins would be so comfortable with his shirt off for so much of this movie. And I say that as someone who has the same body type as Bob Hoskins, although maybe a few inches less body hair because um, <laughs> he's intense. But, you know, it, it's, a, it's a fun movie. It's a fun ride. There's a reason why they only made one of these fucking things, really. And it's still, uh, he you know, he's in our consciousness. He's still in the zeitgeist. He's still hmm. a cultural Touchstone, so holds up for me.
1: Yeah, uh, it's lightning in a bottle. I mean, the stars were aligned, and and when they made this, there's no doubt about it. You got the the, the master magician Steven Spielberg. You got Bob Zemeckis at the height of his powers, and you have uh, entities willing to lend their characters in support of a product is just fun and entertaining and a fucking great idea. Um. Yeah, um, do I personally have some some problems with it being a little too familiar when it comes to this film noir story? And a and a am I am I lacking a little bit more depth from some of the characters? Yeah, um, but when a movie is and any time a movie gets entered into the Library of Congress for its cultural significance, who the fuck am I to argue? This, <laughs> this did so much for the industry, and it proved that. Literally, the sky is the limit. You think it, you dream it, we can do it. Uh, and that, and that's what this thing really did for uh, Hollywood and, uh, in 1988. It holds up. It, it's so much fun. It's one of these movies where, like, kids nowadays probably fucking never heard of it. Uh, so, so so if you put it on, it's going to feel fresh, and I, I think it's, it will excite a lot of people. It holds up, man. What are we talking about here? This is a modern American classic
3: all right kind of scared me earlier on there was a lot of eye rolling and like oh you guys are gonna hate me kind of shit Mm -hmm, so i'm glad that mm you uh that you felt on board with it here we go again
1: matt wilson with the jessica rabbit is hot who are these fucking weirdos she's a cartoon
3: oh eric (laughs) oh oh you gentle child uh harsh truth asking do you guys think donald drops the oh
2: uh, no. What? No. no. Well, what? he is the
3: harsh truth. <laughs> That's a... He's the
1: harsh truth. This is a legitimate question. He also says hello. So.
2: It's good to see you. I don't truth. think that happened at all. Harsh truth. I do. Yeah, so. uh, that season, uh, I some of these comments all was. came in. Real, real quick, one final question. What are your top three directors? His This movie maniac says ooh. Wes Anderson, Quentin Tarantino, Stanley Kubrick. I'll tell you what. How about next week? Or maybe we'll make a Patreon video ooh, about Absolutely. our top three directors. Doing that sounds Patreon. like... A, f- a fun topic idea yeah so. and
3: i'd like some time to think about that before i commit publicly of course to my top three directors Yeah, i can't do that off the fly yeah, I'm so
2: not ready for that yeah no way good question though movie maniac good and, and, question and good directors oh, shows. Shows, yeah yeah there it is we did so, it
3: who framed roger rabbit holds yeah, up yeah it does and next week we're very excited to welcome back the great brian madison correct
1: that's absolutely right. I've been speaking to him over the past week. He's very much looking forward to rejoining the pod uh, in his uh, second guest host uh, episode. And he has chosen uh, a film that will definitely excite the two of you. I'm pumped okay. as well. It should stir a lot of conversation, man. We talked to Ivan Reitman earlier with uh, Evolution and his son, Jason Reitman blew us away with up in the air uh his 2011 film is brian's pick critical darling Uh, featuring a fantastic uh, lead performance from charlie's Theron. from what i can remember
3: it's young adult
2: yeah diablo cody script again
3: yeah i remember this movie I, i actually almost watched this the other day i'm glad i didn't i haven't seen it before but uh you look excited mike favorite movie (laughs) <laughs> well, I mean,
2: Ju- you know, Jujuno was well done. You know, Diablo Cody, she was came on the scene out of nowhere and wrote that oh, script. Man. People loved it. Yeah, that's what I thought he was. Going now, to this, me. not me, yeah. And so, this I is her follow up, too. They, they worked together, a re collab, both of them. Yeah, uh, oh, yeah, I'm gonna watch it. I gotta go. Watch. I just remember the first time I, I saw a young adult, about. and I was like, uh, it was just not didn't do anything funny, me, so. but uh. See ya. I- yeah, uh, as you cool. should have. It you was know, highly anticipated.
0: <laughs> it was.
3: And excited to have Brian back on the show. Looking forward to that. Absolutely. Yes,
2: yeah, so in no way is my immediate reaction any uh, of indication course. of how I feel about you, Brian. You're a fine, of upstanding course. American. And uh, we're grateful for your time. So, yeah, next week we'll do the we'll do what we do with Brian Madison. Remember, it's every Wednesday, not Thursday. And the Patreon is going to be going live. Stay tuned for that. It'll be up here in the next 24 hours or so. But until then, that's Travis Roy. He's Eric Brasham. I'm Michael Gauvier. For Roger Rabbit, we say goodnight now.
3: Shave and a haircut.